What's up, Amelia? This is Dayspring with a fantastic episode of Power of X-Men because we have KGZ in the house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hit there. I'm I, here. Uh, okay, first of all, Kevin, I love you so much. You have no idea when I tell you when we went to 90s Con together last year. Yeah. It, it was, was a blast. <laughs> okay, fine. It was a blast, but also it was one of my favorite cons that I have ever gone to, and in large part because of you. Aww. Well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. You're because I had no one else to hang out, hang out with there. Really, it was you and you were just. I really. <laughs> I had no one else that hung out with you. No, it's like, bitch. I went for you. No. Yeah. No, well, I went for Shando. I went for Shando to be it very was, clear. I mean. There was lots of great things happening in that convention. All the charmed peoples, and um, yeah, and then you we happened to stay at the same hotel, so we were hanging out, eating foods. Oh my I god, going your, to the gym! Going to the gym. I was your taxi driver, Uber driver for a little oh bit. Oh god, I know you can. <laughs> okay, but by the way, the amount of DMs I get about that video. <laughs> And I'm like, I just love Kevin. He's like the best human being on the face of the earth. But for 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 the family at home who may be unfamiliar unfamiliar, Kevin hosts two podcasts, um, Solving for X and Words of the Witches. Wait, you have another one, House of Hollowell? No, House of Hollowell is the official. The, no, no, the official. The o- uh, well, it's going to be official soon. But yeah, no, that is. Wait, wait, what's the third podcast? It was how. Uh... I was gonna say House of Hollowell now too. It's uh, hanging with the Hollowells. Hanging with the Hollowells. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, and that one's over. But we did cover season six through eight of Charmed uh, by episode there. So, yeah. <laughs> we went to '90s Con last year because it was the first time the Shando, aka Shannon Doherty, was going to be appearing publicly with Rose McGowan and Holly Marie Combs. One never has she been with a uh, with rose mcgowan at a con and two holly and her had kind of a rift for a couple of years we didn't exactly. know what's going on and now they're hashtag bffs again yeah isn't that funny oh my <laughs> god what is you... the drama <laughs> I, I i live for the drama what did you... so i have no one to talk about this with in my real life <laughs> i am oh. obsessed with shando's podcast i listen to every episode the second it drops absolutely those mondays let's go <laughs> what did you think of the episode of her and Holly, the two-parter of her and Holly, where she sort of talked about her time on Charmed and everything? And I thought it was it was very illuminating. Not that I thought I, I want to be clear, it's not that I thought some of what she was saying was so outlandish or that I had never thought of, but it really framed everything in a nice like package for me. Yeah, it felt really good to get some insight into what happened. You know, an honest perspective. Um, from her side of the story and Holly's side of the story, I did like, you know, getting at least a clue, a little bit of an understanding of how it went down and why it went down the way it did. Uh, there's lots of drama about the Alyssa situation, the villainization of Alyssa. Um, <laughs> Wait, are you an Alyssa stand? I mean, you are. We, we all we love all the charmed ones. I but... love all of them. Um, yeah. And I, the thing is, I know Alyssa has her side of the story too. And it just upsets me that she didn't get to voice her experience because I know she had to be going through something too. I think it was mostly the toxicity of the environment and the industry at the time that was really kind of forcing them to be at odds. And they did mention that in the podcast as well. 
Um, and I think, you know, Alyssa, Shan's like, I didn't read her book. She said, sorry, not sorry. So obviously she's not sorry. But, but um, okay. So I, I actually did take note of that when it happened because, yeah. sorry, not sorry. She does take accountability and she did press mm -hmm. interview. There are at least sound bites out there exactly. that Shando's publicist would have pulled and given to Shando. And where Alyssa said, I take responsibility for my part in exactly. all of this. So, so, she, so it wasn't a sarcastic, sorry, not sorry. It was just, that's the name of her book, which is right. a larger. I mean, it's, it's also been the name of, of her podcast. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Alyssa had a podcast as well. Uh, Alyssa has been having a podcast for a few years. It's called Sorry, Not Sorry. It's more um, on the political side of things and, she, and her right. activism. Um, but she's been doing that for a few years now, too. And um, yeah. And I see Alyssa. Yeah, she took responsibility. She owned up to the things, maybe not in detail or um, specifics, but, you know, she knows she's aware of some of the actions she took when that may not be amicable. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, I also think that's a result of the competitiveness that the industry was forcing her into. Um, and, you know, she's trying to keep her job at the same time, I suppose. So there's a lot of things going around. <laughs> and one of the things I loved about those episodes was that Shannon was talking about in great detail how she approached Charmed as a job that she really loved and she wanted to have it succeed. And mm -hmm. not only was she in front of the camera, she was behind the camera, she was, you know, producing, she was looking at the script, she was trying to make this a better, better show. And it wasn't until the episode with Kevin Smith, the Mallrats episode, part one, that she was talking about how she has participation in the funds for charmed i mean this is how invested she is in this yeah. series um and i just think for me it's a fascinating behind the scenes story i wish that they would have invited Alyssa on exactly. because if we were having this honest raw conversation let's have it right yeah you know, whether I, whether it ends in a fight or whether it ends yeah. in a good place at least we know that they spoke their mind they said what they needed to say can so, I ask one more question before we, yeah. we we get into today's episode, which we're going to be talking about Prue Hallowell and Jean Grey and the yes. similarities and why we love them. But okay, the most recent episode of uh, Shando's podcast has her BFF, Chris, the real estate agent, yes. on it. And Shando's like, well, there's a couple of people who I don't want at my funeral. Do you think she was <laughs> talking about Jenny Garth? Or Alyssa Milano, or both. <laughs> Hard to say. Hard to say. I mean, it could go either way. It could be both. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm, and knowing Alyssa, she if she was allowed to come, she'd be there because I know that um, Jenny Garth. Who knows? I don't know what her stance is, but um, <laughs> you're like, I don't know her. You know what? What I like about you? I remember that show. <laughs> of course, I do. With Amanda Bynes. Amanda yeah. Bynes was supposed to be at '90s Con. She with was. A, I know, and Amanda Bynes pulled. And you know, Amanda Bynes has her own podcast. She's only released one episode. Oh god! Canceled it. Canceled it, and then revived it. I. Listen, Amanda Bynes is always going to be an icon for me. Amanda Bynes, Absolutely. if you ever listen to this podcast, you are welcome. Funny connection. Do you remember the movie Big Fat Liar? She mentions oh, Charmed what? in that movie. Oh, I didn't know that. It's all full circle. She's like, remember, it's like I was, I was just watching Charmed, and you know, Phoebe was after her boyfriend Cole. Oh my god! I'm like, <laughs> that's so funny. What was, what was the unit name we gave you a couple years ago? Was it Hydrothermal? Hydrothermal. Yeah. Oh my God. Because you, you what the one thing I love about you, and this was so evident from when we first met, 
was you do possess these qualities of fire and water. And yeah, I think I told you this. I love hot water, which is such an absurd thing to say. But I can lay in my tub for hours. Exactly. With, but the water needs to be scolding hot. And I think that's why you and I get along so well. Mm-hmm. Like the hot tubs, those are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What's your sign? What's your sign? I've, well, this, I'm a Scorpio. I'm a water sign. Okay. But in Chinese Zodiac, I'm a fire rabbit. Ah, oh, there you go. Okay. So, so you're Scorpio and I'm a Sagittarius. So you're water and a Sagittarius yeah. is obviously fire. So this is why you and I get along so well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love you so much. When I think about this community, when I think about being able to talk with people, just freely being geeky and have a smile on my face, you are emblematic of that community. Uh-uh. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm always so glad to have you around and seeing your post and all your graceful presence. I love it. It's it's my favorite thing too. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. Our yes. God Queen. Oh my gosh, Andre, I love to talk about <laughs> and Prue Hollywell, which ah <laughs> you know they so they have a white Phoenix variant. Yes, that. that's right. I wanted it, but I passed it was at the GameStop in my old neighborhood back in New York. And I held it in my hand, and the guy, because it was a going out of business sale, was like, "I'll give it to you for fifty percent off." I was like, "And it's like what? It was like a fifty dollars statue or something like that." Yeah. And for twenty five dollars, I did not buy that statue. You know? Yeah, I don't know when I got that, but I had it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so give me our temperature, your temperature with our God Queen Jean Grey. What are your feels for her? <laughs> I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> I I would I'm a cackling. I'm feeling a bird. Um, I know. Kevin, be careful. <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> no, no. You love <laughs> you love Gene, and I have I have a thing for redheads. Oh, I've always had a thing for redheads. Oh, same, same. Yeah, so beautiful. And my girlfriend in college had beautiful red hair. My best friend growing up is a redhead. I mean, she's yeah. still. Yeah, I was like, well, she's still out today. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um, we're still best friends. She has beautiful red hair, and I've always been attracted. Um, Ariel, April O'Neil, Marsha oh Cross gosh. in Melrose Place. <laughs> <laughs> I've always gravitated towards redheads. Yeah, Mary Jane. You know. Yeah. Mm, uh, I'm more of a Gwen Stacy fan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah. I like I like the when, characters who die. I like the characters yeah. to die, as we're going to discuss in this episode. That's today. true. The tragic tragicity is not a word, yeah. but I'm making it up. Oh my god, I love the tragicity. <laughs> I'm like I can't even have like tragicity. Oh, this is what uh, happens when you drink too much wine. Yeah, but my girlfriend, I when she straightened her hair, I was like, I just want to like cuddle you all day. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I do like Jean a lot, and um, okay. yeah, so she's been. She's a staple. And because, you know, Cyclops is my favorite X-Men, I relate to Cyclops a lot. Gina's always on my radar, in my mind, because they're so interconnected. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. I For the family at home, which is absurd, if anyone listens to this podcast, they know you, they see your cosplay, but you do a phenomenal Cyclops. No shade to our BFF, Latvian lad, who is a beautiful, wonderful Cyclops as well, but you as well do a fantastic Thank 90 you. Cyclops, and that's how I got to first really know you. Yeah. I love Cyclops. Listen, Cyclops for me, I I love him so much, especially in that 90s costume. It's, yeah, it's really fun to wear. I feel really good in it. And I'm like, when I do the photo shoots, I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I feel like this is real. Like this is a movie. <laughs> and, all right, let's. I'm going to ask you some hard hitting journalist questions right oh, now. Are you ready? I'm scared, but yes. Okay. All right. All right. Scott and Emma or Scott and Jean? Oh gosh! I know. Be careful what you say. Jean, uh, us crazy Jean stands will come for you. Uh, do you know I, my stance on it though? I don't. I'm I'm Team Scott and Emma. Okay. I had a feeling. Yeah. Um, see. Oh my god! I don't even know. I they're both so good in different ways. Yeah. So. I mean. <laughs> I I mean I I like I like Gene the character more, mm -hmm. but do I like him as better with a couple as Emma? Okay, hear 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 me out though. Because okay. you're on the fence of it. I'm gonna sell yes. you on Scott and Emma. So I'm the one who's okay. gonna get all the angry DMs. Scott <laughs> and Emma, I always feel, and I was just talking about this with some. I don't know who the fuck I was talking about this with. I like literally two hours ago. Scott was going through something during Grant Morrison's new X Men. And for the first time in Scott's life, he was starting to feel more human inside because he had just gotten possessed by Cyclops and he was starting to feel emotions he had never felt before. At the same time, Jean was ascending into like godhood. She had rebonded with Phoenix. She was ascending. She could not understand those human emotions anymore. Mm. So in comes Emma and everyone thinks Emma is such like a bitch, quote unquote, but Emma is actually a deeply caring individual who cares about her, her students. So it makes sense in the context of New X-Men that Scott and Emma would have gravitated towards each other because they were both feeling individuals while Jean was ascending to Godhood. Which, by the way, yeah. that's where I want our God Queen, Jean Grey, at. I want her above all else. I don't need her in petty, dramatic relationships with Scott or Emma. I want her to be white phoenix of the crowd. So I like Jean being powerful on her own and Scott and Emma together. That's sort of how I go with it. I like it. Okay, you so, yeah. Um, because, because you're like yeah. you stupid bitch. Shut up. No, no, because it's totally it totally makes sense. And yeah, Emma is a great character. She has that like very like bitchy kind of exterior, but she that's that's just her outside demeanor. She always has lots going on, and she does have a very caring side to her. I mean. Any telepath would, I would think, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Emma, like, I think, again, like, people just like to think of these characters in two-dimensional formats, which when 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 you're fans like us, which we 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 watch Charmed, we we know how three-dimensional characters can be. We read X-Men, we watch X-Men. These characters are well-rounded. Emma's not just a bitch. If Emma has a bitchy exterior, it's for reasons, because she's mm -hmm. deeply empathetic. She's deeply caring. And very much... The same way as Cyclops. Cyclops has all these layers, these tragicities. Tragicities. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, he's got lots of turmoil and lots of his own inner things that he doesn't let out. He he keeps a very brave face. He remains the leader. He remains, you know, kind of that he has that front and he has that yeah. block that he doesn't want people in, but in, inside he's always trying to fight for that control and that's in his powers too. So that's, they do really complement each other. All right. Your favorite incarnation of Jean, is it 
Her original like 60s is her Marvel Girl green dress outfit. Is it Dark Phoenix? Is it 90s? Is it White Phoenix? Is it Krakoan? What is your favorite? Is it the is it Famka? Is it the X-Men animated? What is your favorite incarnation of Jean Grey across all stories, all medias? There's so many good ones. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go this one. Maybe not maybe not because it's the best, but I feel like the strongest attraction to it. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> the x-men evolution gene oh yes absolutely i love her she's so beautiful she has like a really cool like sass but also like a really homey like girl next door like i love her <laughs> did you see the video i just posted the other day where it's mystique is about to like beat up cyclops and then suddenly she stops mid-air and jean gray comes in and mystique is like Oh, look, girlfriend to the rescue. And Jean just <laughs> looks at her and she goes, that's right, lady, and throws yeah. Misty. Oh, I love that clip yeah. so much. Do you know that the model for X-Men Evolution Jean is based off of Charisma Carpenter? I did not, but it makes sense because, I mean, you interviewed the people, but yeah. uh, all those Buffy references they had, all those the craft references, I'm surprised they never put a charmed reference in there but they didn't watch that show apparently that is criminal that they I know put. I, I mean, know in, in general charm does not get the amount of respect it deserves out right. there uh, and it's so weird because there's so many diehard fans right because even like wanda in that x-men evolution was based off like the craft it's kind of yeah. a so it's very strange that they have these witchy vibes in these cool like gothic supernatural 90s shows but not charmed and and the craft inspired charmed in the mm-hmm. the font and how soon is theme now? song yeah. yeah how soon is now which did okay with the shando when she was talking to kevin smith she was talking about jason muse which is of yeah. course of jane silent bob the the other half of jane silent bob and he watched was, all of the- he watches like every like he stops he stops every starts again and i was then, like i love that and then he'll listen to uh morsey's uh the how soon is now which is the original and then he'll be like the charm song and i love by the way in that episode i caught that not even shando knew that it was love split that that <laughs> sung the cover for how soon is now but what happened to love split like what? What have it's, you ever done a deep dive? It's, it's love spit love. Oh, love spit love! I don't even know it. Look at that! I always yeah. thought it was love split. No love spit. It's probably because I downloaded it wrong on Napster. On oh. Napster, someone probably <laughs> were you even alive for Napster? I was alive for Napster. Okay. Yeah, it was one, someone on Napster put love split. I know that for a fact. But so it's love spit love. Love spit love. Yes, love spit. And love. the originals by the Smiths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Morsi. We're big Morsi fans and everything here. Um, yes. So when we're thinking about Prue and Jean, there are some obvious similarities. Isn't it crazy? And the more okay. I get into it, the more I get into it, I like I have things. I have things. Especially when you get into the comics territory, it gets even super like it. So it's insane. I mean, Prue has her own Dark Phoenix saga. Don't think she I haven't thought about that. Don't don't even think I think about we've talked about this before. Yeah. I think about the charmed comic. At least daily. <laughs> I think about it so much because I think it was such... Wait, wait, wait. You, you've had the writer on your podcast. I've listened to the episodes, but I can never say his last name correctly. Paul Ruditas? Paul Ruditas did season Ruditas. nine. <laughs> he Ruditas. wrote season nine, and it's so yeah. good. So yeah. good. And then Pat Shand did season 10. 
Oh, you know what? I don't know why I forgot that season 10 was by a different writer. It's still a good comic as well, but I forgot that Paul eventually left and and mm -hmm. we got Pat. But um, yeah. season 9 was like 24 issues. 24 issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when we were thinking about our God Queen and our... I need a moniker for... Pr what, what do you call Prue? What is like a moniker that we can create for Prue here? Well, they have... This thing of the show. There's Super Witch and Wicca Wonder are the okay. names that they gave her in the show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, so Wicca Wonder and Super. Yeah, no, I remember that because obviously I can hear Paige's voice being like, "Sorry, I'm not Rue Super Witch." Exactly. You know, you know, I can I can hear Rose McGowan's like voice. That here, was so. in that was in season four, episode six and eight to remember. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, she's talking to Leo about yeah. not being able to be Prue and her yeah. comparing herself to Prue. Yeah. Oh gosh! I mean, I oh, we're so familiar at home. We're obsessed with both these characters, with <laughs> Super Witch, Wicca Wonder, and our God Queen. Yes, and we've been able to see a lot of similarities. Um, the surface of it is that they're very powerful women with telekinesis. Right, that's the start. That's the base. That's what we get. Can I ask you such an obnoxious question right now? Okay, I'm so sorry. I know what you're probably going to say. But who do you think wins in a fight? Prue or Jean? <laughs> With just telekinesis alone. I'm not saying Phoenix Force. I'm not saying telepathy. Okay. Just straight up telekinesis. Who wins? Telekinesis alone. Telekinesis, telekinesis alone. alone. Probably Jean. I know. Probably Jean. Oh, I actually didn't think you were going to say I'm sorry. I'm like, I know. I was like, oh. No. Because I'm being, I'm being realistic. I don't care. You know, I know my favorite shows, but... Jean had it since she was like 13, since she hit her puberty, her teenage years. Whereas lost it and then didn't get it again she was like till she was like 28 so Jean had a lot more time to practice with it a lot more time to um perfect it and learn so I will say comic book Jean would easily beat Prue television Prue how about that I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna start breaking okay. this down uh comic book Jean there's no contest she's gonna beat television Prue yeah Bomka X1 Jean I Prue don't think Prue would yeah. win for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comic book Prue versus X-Men Evolution Gene, comic book Prue would win. Yes. In my opinion. Right. It's just different iterations, different exactly. like, stages of their powers. And mm -hmm. it's also Prue earnestly dies at the end of season three. Never really, We don't really get a chance to see the full force of her power because didn't Shando said this once in an interview, like this like rare interview I've seen on YouTube. Yeah, yes, I remember. At one point, her power, and she mentioned astral projecting in it. So we know this is built into the Bible of the show. Prue would be able to switch the alignment of the planets at one point. And that is some cosmic level shit. That is white Phoenix level shit. Exactly. And it's weird if that were they're thinking about that all the way in season one. And then like would they, how would they have the budget for that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, if there was anyone in Hollywood who could find the budget, I'm pretty sure, sure yeah. the Shando could do it. But you think about like where they were in season one. Like when did they think they would get to that level? I don't know, but it's still kind of interesting. I'm trying to think of some of the graphics from Charm because it, it never. You know, when you're kind of a kid and you're watching these things, you just sort of accept what's on TV for what it is. You don't look at it critically. Yeah. But I'm thinking, like, what was it? Like, the the cup that kind of, like, moved towards Phoebe and, like, the in episode one where, like, the water started bubbling and stuff like and that. And let me tell you, that was telematerialization, which <laughs> it was the only time in the series where she used her power in that way, where she was, like, invisibly transforming liquids 
She did do it in the comics, though, in season nine. Wait, where in season nine did she do that? Remind me. It was oh, no, I can't remember now either. It was <laughs> oh I, oh I remember it was with it was with Sarah. Uh, <laughs> Sarah at the at the um, Salem witch house. It's like oh Sarah, bring me that jug of water. <laughs> and uh, she she did a little bit of a that's true there. Yeah, I oh my god, the Salem witch house though is my favorite. Like I I again that where. Where, where she's there and Paige comes in and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I got lost on my tour. And you see the art. And I don't think the art was particularly the best the series had seen at that point. But she looks at her and she goes, oh, no, you need to leave now. Right. I love that moment for me. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. So <laughs> wonderful. Okay. So on the surface, they're very powerful telekinetic individuals. What other similarities Throwing it to you, what other similarities do you think are Wicca Wonder and, <laughs> and, and God Queen have in common? I was thinking about their, I mean, before they got all super powerful as they do, but their base personalities, I don't know how they're how similar they are. I think Prue is always very go get em, protector, um, I'll fight it. Whereas I think Jean had like kind of like a shy phase. Yeah, she, you're right. You know, you're absolutely so, right. So there was a difference there. Um, but then once that, you know, that Phoenix hit, <laughs> boom. <laughs> well, so Gene, it's really interesting because I'm thinking of it in the context of sisters because Prue, we can assume, was a very, in general, headstrong individual, even if she didn't have her sisters, right? Right. But what made her grow up faster, what made her sort of the matriarch of her family was the fact that she felt this responsibility to her sisters. Whereas Jean is like the younger one and Sarah, listen, there are folks at home. I know Chad from Gray Malkin Lane does these <laughs> insane deep dives on characters out of yeah. in just three issues. And I'm like, holy shit, we've been recording for four hours for a character <laughs> that has like five pages. Isn't that insane? So, I know. So I'm sure there are people out there who can do this deep dive, but the impression I've gotten is that Jean was very much a little sister with Sarah. Sarah did not have much in the way of personality for our readers to kind of like infer what was their dynamic. So I think that would be one thing that I would say is very different is that Jean did not seem as familial to her birth family in the way that Prue felt a responsibility to her sure. birth family. And and of course, with Jean, even though she was dead at the time, we have the reverse tragedy, which is Prue dies in the, mm -hmm. in the series, but in the comics, all of Jean's family is killed. So, you know, they do have that weird yin-yang sort of situation to piggyback off of what you said about us yeah, earlier. Yeah, right. Uh, I think about like what it would be like if Prue and Jean like met, like, and by the how way, how they would react? Do they? What, what's Shando's eye color? <laughs> Do you know Shando's eye color off the top of your head by any chance? Um, green, green. Okay, so Jean has green eyes as well. They're both fair skinned with green eyes, but Shando has dark blackish hair or brown if it's season three and then gene <laughs> obviously has her red hair but like them sitting down i think would be yeah. a right i think there oh would be gosh. a mutual respect i think her would be the for lack of a better term her would be more the top in that friendship she would sure. be the more dominant i think gene can be very i think gene is powerful but i think gene is more passive within a group 
Mm-hmm. And we and thinking about their power set, Gene is telepathic. Prue is not. Yeah, uh, yeah. But what's interesting because Prue has her astral projection, and astral projection Prue has never used it this way, but astral projection has an an inherent side effect of suggestion. So when you are in astral form, you can give plant thoughts into people's minds. So there is that kind of sort of similar link there, which is interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, again, I think a lot of this conversation with their power sets and, and, and in terms of the brew as interpreted by Shannon Doherty, J- Shannon Doherty is limited because of Shando's limited time on the series. Shando, one of the things that, um, and Gene probably also have in common is that, oh my God, I'm forgetting the name of the episode, the, the empath episode. Primrose empath. Um, Shando Prue was feeling all the emotions of people around her to a point that she it was very overbearing for her. When Gene first got her powers, it was overbearing for her. She couldn't really, you know, digest it. But also in the X-Men animated series, going back to Solving for X, Gene is on multiple occasions referred to as an empath. Stop it. I'm geeking out. <laughs> but I think with our mutual love and why we wanted to do this episode is that like, Kev, I don't know what it is about what happened in my life, but there is something about dead telekinetics <laughs> that I just think about daily. I am never not thinking of Brew. And I'm never not thinking of Gene. And I think about I wasn't I wasn't really present for the Dark I wasn't born, but for when Dark Phoenix died on the moon. But I was present when Gene died in Grant Morrison's, you know, new X-Men in 2003, 2000, yeah, I'm pretty sure 2003. When she died in 2003. And when did Prudence Halliwell died? 2000. Oh my yeah. god, 2001. I'm like 2000, 2001. <laughs> it's the same year that Buffy died too. Buffy and oh. Prue died at the same time. Oh, see. Hashtag BFFs. Hashtag yeah. BFFs. Right. Another although, one. <laughs> wait, although, although sidebar, I am worried because I haven't seen a Shando SMG together in a while. Yeah, is she going to be on the podcast? That's what I'm yeah. waiting for. But then I was thinking, okay, but if they're not on the podcast, it's okay because SMG, Sarah Michelle Geller, aka Buffy, and Shando had an interview with what was it, Entertainment Tonight, something like right. that, during the pandemic, where they did like a 45 minute interview. Right. So it could be, to quote Madonna, reductive <laughs> if That's we true. saw them together. But if I was Shando, <laughs> I would still do it. But, anyways, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, you know, I think there's something about these characters dying that sort of just like weighs in on us as fans. And I'm curious why you think that is why, why Gene dying, why Prue dying? Why, why do these fictional characters who die? Why did, why, why do we carry that with us? Why does it mean so much to us? They, the time that we did spend with them, we we became very invested. Uh, we saw their personalities. We saw their growth. We saw the way they cared about others and the way that they self sacrifice. I think that's very significant for us who grew up with that. And I think we admire that in a way. And so we mourn them. And yeah, like I I so feel everything. And I feel for Jean. And I feel for Prue. And you know. 
it's it's very nice. It's very great to see characters doing good things. <laughs> yeah, and with Prue, I can pinpoint it exactly, which is you feel that loss with the girls mm-hmm. after Prue dies because, and I think it was Piper who said it, where she's here, like she was our big sister. And how are we supposed to go up against the source without her? And I think about that, like, first of all, I have an older sister who is a nightmare, who is not Prue. She's the anti-Prue. Whatever whatever good qualities Prue has, my sister (laughs) does not possess them. But I always, and my husband, (laughs) same situation. (laughs) I don't think my sister-in-law listens to the podcast, but he has a very complicated relationship with his older sister. And we've always sort of wanted older sisters who would be in our corner. And Prue is sort of emblematic of that older mm-hmm. sister who, and we're not saying it's perfect because God knows she had her issues with right. Phoebe. But I think I would love that older sister who would have just defended you until that last breath, who, yeah. who is not emblematic of only strength, but also of family. And I, and I think that is why, and Shando too. Shando is just a great mm-hmm. actress. So I think that's why I hold on to the Prue death quite a bit. Yeah. And my family, we have. Four kids, four, there's four of us, and one of them is a half sister. Um, my, <laughs> you got a page? My, we got a page, except almost in reverse. My half sister is my older sister, uh-huh. and she's she's very much like Prue. Actually. Wait, are you a charmed reboot? You're a charmed reboot, then maybe is right in the works? reboot. It was the older sister who is a half. Is that came, true? Right? Oh, oh, I guess so. Maybe, uh, maybe I don't know. Don't quote me. Don't come at me. Don't come at me. I didn't see like it. That. I don't know. I, don't I, care. I, I glimpsed. <laughs> <laughs> I glimpsed here and there. I glimpsed here and there. Continue. Yeah, but she is very much approved because, uh, we were kind of her only family. That she I mean, is my mom and us siblings that she defended us and she was she was almost like a second mom. Very felt very responsible and she was there to fight our battles in a way and um yeah she can be a little nuts she can be a little crazy um i don't always agree with everything she does but i do feel she is very prue and that's i i admire that so yeah it's i just always wish that i had had that prudence halliwell energy around my life growing up and and unfortunately i never did so that's why when prue died and they had to sort of scramble and redefine their life. And why I think charm can be very comforting from a grieving perspective is because you really do see a rede- redefinition of the series following uh, mm-hmm. Shannon Doherty's exit. With Jean, I'm still trying to figure out why her death for 13 years mattered so much to me. Yeah. But I think it's because Jean was a character, and much like Prue, these are characters that are built on sacrificing for others. And I'm not, I love that they have agency, but talking about this strictly as just fictional characters, I think when you look at the DNA that makes up Gene, that makes up Prue, these are characters that they want to make sure that others survive and are taken care of, and they will give themselves up. In the X-Men animated series, when Gene says... I can fly it, you know? And she's like, mm-hmm. I can telepathically absorb Dr. Corbo's flight training and generate a telekinetic shield to protect myself against the radiation. Cyclops is like, no, I won't allow it. She goes, you said it yourself. The teen's mission comes first. There is mm-hmm. no other way. And she 
bolts Cyclops. She gives him like a psychic, you know, sleepy time pill. And yeah. she goes she takes into that it. cockpit. She takes initiative. Yeah. And She's you like, know who would do that? If it was the Charmed Ones? Prue Holly. Prue. Yeah. Prue would do that. Prue would be in that cockpit and Prue would get the Phoenix. Yeah. And I think it would. And I think about too, like when she became Dark Phoenix and she had to sacrifice herself. She, um, you talked about this and the thing was how she like stopped. She kind of forced Lalandra to do it for her. Um, oh, I am a big, I talked about this at our San Diego Comic Con yeah. panel. I've talked about this with Lee Waltz, which is if you familiar at home, watch the X-Men animated Dark Phoenix. Yeah. In that moment where Xavier said the, or I'm sorry, not Xavier, but the, um, the, the guy, uh, the court in the Shi'ar goes, the weapons just came online, but how? Xavier says, it's Jean. And Lalandra, without saying a word, as if she's being mind controlled, mm-hmm. turns around, walks to the control panel, and hits it's- the blaster. And that sort of is Jean committing suicide because she yeah. telepathically controlled. And I agree. I think Prue to save the universe would have done something similar. Well, think about the end of season 10 where she, oh, you're right. Oh my gosh. She, where? Yeah. She was being controlled by Haramis and she had that moment with Piper and she said, here's the Athme stab me, stab me with this. You know, you can do it. Oh, <laughs> So I think about, okay, I also think about that scene quite a bit because for the family at home, you have to picture that Rue is being possessed by, remind me again, you just Hermes, said it. the old one. Yeah. Hermes, the old ones. She is OP'd. She went after a pregnant Phoebe. And so they're chanting, hear now the words of the witches, the secrets we hid, of the, hid in the night, and Piper and Prue like orb into the manor. And Prue is going up to Piper and she's here like, why did I die? And Piper is like tears being like, I don't know. Maybe there is no reason for you died. Maybe it's us assigning meaning. And Prue in that moment, just like Jean in the comic book with Cyclops Mm -hmm. is like, Piper, I'm scared. Why? And she's here. Like Piper's like, I love you. I'm paraphrasing. You can fill in the dialogue, but then she stabs her with, 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 with the dagger and it's a dagger that's supposed to obliterate your soul. Like, cool. so your soul mm-hmm. ceases to exist when this happens. It's so beautiful. Oh, tears. I went over, we went over that issue with the writer, Pat Shand, and I was really struggling to get through because I was the one who got us on that page, of course. <laughs> and uh, I was like crying while I was talking. <laughs> it was I, insane. I haven't listened to that episode. What did Pat say about that scene? Because for me, Here's the thing. I want to know. I want I want to know. Give us a T here. Give us a power of X-Men T here. <laughs> because she is stabbed. Prue is stabbed with it. She is supposed to, for all intents and purposes, be obliterated. Right? Her soul is mm-hmm. supposed to be wiped out like Cole's was. Why is Prue a very much alive at the end, observing her sisters with Andy? Yeah. Uh, I believe she talked about this. It is because the um it was actually kind of negating. It was it was kind of sucked. Hermes mm-hmm. soul and it also kind of like the dagger explode kind of like exploded in pieces yes. and, and then that, piper gets it framed or mm-hmm. like a so, shadow box of it right so it stopped once it exploded it stopped anything else from being sucked into it or being um eradicated and so it never actually got all of prue's soul because it exploded before okay 
I love that. I mean, listen, that was kudos to Pat because that was a beautiful moment between them. Did he Mm -hmm. did he mention any Dark Phoenix influences on that? No, he didn't. But I would think because he wrote he wrote for Marvel. He wrote for things like that. Um, And that also explains why Paige survived, too, because she was stabbed before this time, too, and still on the verge of dying. Um, oh yeah yeah and she but she was she had amnesia yeah at the end but by the way that scene with piper oh my gosh when she's here like Paige, and she's like who are you and then she sees you know prue and she goes prue how are you alive and she's like oh wait a minute you're not prue you're patience and and then literally piper's in the middle of both of them her baby sister and her older sister and she just breaks down yeah yeah she's like this is so much ah Oh my god! It, season oh, ten was so good. Uh, season it was, 10 was my favorite. so good, and a lot of that though is like also like with Gene when you see Rachel grieving over Gene being dead in the comics, mm-hmm. and sort of being like, "My mom is not here. Why does everyone come back to life but not my mom?" And and in in thinking of Rachel as a kind of like Piper figure here, and I think it's the impact these characters have on other characters as well, and knowing the gravity of their loss. Why would compare Prue and our God Queen? Yeah. Uh, I just, and I love, I love that there's characters in here that mourn for them, that because they represent the audience to an extent. We, yeah. we relate to those characters. We need those characters to help our grieving process. Oh my <sighs> God, I was just literally about to say that. I mean, I was going <laughs> to say that like, and song for Phoenix and song really helped me. I, I, I wasn't grieving at the time, but helped me with any storm of non someone dying in my life, coping with like loss and sort of moving on to another chapter and Prue, you know, Prue's death in charmed. I really, I loved it. There was something really comforting. I think I told you this. I came into charmed with season four yeah. because I was a Rose McGowan fan. I loved jawbreaker so mm-hmm. much i love scream <laughs> i loved her in all those movies uh what was the other one doom generation yeah yeah doom generation sorry it's been like 30 years since i've seen this but <laughs> um i i loved her in those and i come into charmed and i had as a person who was kind of walking in i felt that loss with the characters just like mm-hmm. when you read the x-men comic books you feel that loss with gene after New X-Men all the way through Phoenix Resurrection, which is like 13 years worth of storytelling, you feel that loss mm-hmm. of the character. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is your favorite Gene moment across all Gene media? Again, like, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, of course, I will ask you, what is your favorite Prue moment? And we're going to try to compare the two from there. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so many things I could choose, but it reminds me it's kind of silly. No, no, of course. Welcome to the podcast that you have been on a lot. You can be as silly as you need to be. I adore so much um, Gene cooking in the kitchen in a very warlike <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> She does. She she has Prue energy. I will say, <laughs> Prue has Gene energy, but very rarely will Gene have Prue energy. And in a Morlocks Christmas, Gene has Prue energy yes. because of that scene. Yes. yes. Oh, I want to explain so that happy. scene for people at home who may not be familiar with it. Yeah. So she is wants to cook a Christmas dinner, but Gambit wants to cook a Christmas dinner as well, and they fight 
over who's gonna cook the dinner and <laughs> get and wants she, to do his thing and she's like no you're not this is my kitchen she's like the day i need help <laughs> in the kitchen from you is the day i stop cooking and she goes like this and like blasts him but then he falls like on like the stove and like the hot water falls on his head by the way <laughs> i'm assuming the stove was off because that is scolding hot yeah. water that would have burned that beautiful yes. man that hydrothermal we love like, it though <laughs> <laughs> that's where we pause we're like hydrothermal right there right <laughs> oh god yes that but i i must say heaven bravo <laughs> bravo on that <laughs> That is 100%. I agree mm -hmm. with you on that. That is yeah. that is a great moment where Gene sort of has a great moment, but is also sort of Prue in it. Yeah, and her hair's right. back. She kind of looks like Prue. Mm -hmm. Although X-Men animated Gene had blue eyes. Did you yeah. know that? Yeah, I remember. We talked about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. You Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we did. And I think, did you mention it on the episode where you were talking about yes. those things? So and I, we, cre I and we credited you. Yeah. Oh, I, do. <laughs> I don't remember that part, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it, it, so folks at home, Gene in the animated series had blue eyes, but only in the Dark Phoenix does she have green eyes because that's to signify that that was truly Gene in that moment and not Phoenix. So it was very beautiful. But. Mm -hmm. Ooh, poetry. But thinking of our Shando with her green eyes. But anyway. Yes. Okay. Yes. I I do love that that moment quite a bit in the anime series. In the anime series, I will say it's a sacrifice. Where what we talked about earlier mm -hmm. with Dr. Krobo during the Phoenix saga, where she's like, I'll fly it. How about um how about Prue? It's her favorite Prue moment. Yeah, and we talked about these I know when we were when you were on my podcast like two years ago. I can't believe <laughs> it's, it's been two years. I cannot it feels like yesterday, bro. It feels like yesterday. Yeah. Next month will be three years of Words of the Witches. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Isn't that I can't insane? get over that. I remember when you asked me to be on it, I felt so cool. I ordered the book twice because the first time oh, I right. ordered it, I lost it or something like that. I left it on the subway. I What was it? It's not be careful what you wish for. What was it? Beware what, was beware what you wish. Beware what you wish. Which... We talked about this. A lot of people do get those titles confused. Yes. So They're nerdy. Very close. <laughs> okay. But anyways, yes, we talked about this we on, on the episode two years ago, but I don't, I certainly <laughs> don't remember. So. I mean, we picked like our five favorite moments. So I'm going to pick one of my five favorite moments of that one. Um, what do I love the most? <laughs> um, I'm going to say, I really love <laughs> the, um, slight unseen moment with abby no. um because that's where we get to see that prue still is vulnerable and she still can get scared even though she has this tough girl demeanor and she definitely will not shy from a fight there's still moments where she does get scared and it's nice to see that she has a vulnerability too she isn't as like Omni omnipotent as she seems <laughs> and there's a moment in that episode that i do think about quite a lot i'm sorry i i'm like repeating myself here but i really <laughs> do for folks who know me irl i think of shannon doherty way too much in my life but the, when she walks in it's san francisco it's a cold night and she walks into the nana and, <laughs> and, and she walks in and she's like all in her winter gear and her like white is it a white turtleneck 
And she just is suspicious because she's alone and there's something in there. And I always think of that when I walk into a room by myself. I think of that Shannon energy, which is I'm tough. I can beat whoever's here, but I'm also guarded and I'm observing mm -hmm. about what's going on. Right. And, and I do agree. Like there is, it's a testament to Shannon Doherty's acting, which is you can portray, and she says this in a recent episode of her podcast, which is you can be tough, but also vulnerable. And vulnerability does not equate to weakness. It actually, exactly. every tear, every anxiety is actually armor. It's actually a show mm -hmm. of strength. So, absolutely. There you go. Sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I think about it. Sorry. No, that was great. <laughs> um, because the thing is, being human hmm. is a strength. Yeah. You know, having emotions, having feelings empowers you. And that's another mantra of charm. Your power comes from your emotions. Yeah. So it all ties together. And and who who gets accused in the X-Men universe of her emotions overtaking <laughs> her power? Our God Queen Jean Grey. See? But one of the things they did say in the so I thought X Men Dark Phoenix was a garbage movie. I don't think, and and like Sophie Turner, I I'm always going to prefer Famka. Obviously, I love Famka so much, but Sophie Turner, I don't think did a bad job. But I don't think she was given a good script, except for that moment where oh my god, Jessica Chastain's character, which I'm totally forgetting the name. It's an obscure character, but oh god, um, I don't remember either. She she looks at Jean and she says, "Your emotions make you weak." And Jean grabs her oh, and they yeah. go up up to the stratosphere of Earth. And Jean, Sophie Turner, Jean looks at her and she goes, no, my emotions make me strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Perfect. I agree. That's right. Horrible ending. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. You, you blew up a train and then you fly <laughs> off into space, whatever. But the dialogue and yeah, the delivery. And moment. Yeah. So good. So good. And so thinking of more common denominators between Prudence Halliwell and Jean Summers. Or Jean Grey Summers. I'm like, Jean, Summers. <laughs> Jean Grey Summers, do not cancel me. Uh, Jean Grey. Well, I love that because we had like the initial base powers, which are similar. But then we have like the Phoenix of Horus and the Nexus of the All. Because when Prue became Nexus of the All, she was the root. She was connected to all magic in the world. So it's almost... They're very. They're, it's crazy how parallels. How many parallels there are? <laughs> I don't remember the mythology too much from those issues, but Prue runs and she grabs a sword, and the sword sort of imbues her with everything. Can you explain that scene for folks at home who haven't read the comics? Yes. So there is the Imperial Sword, which is an artifact of great good, great light, and then there's the Grimoire, which was the Dark Book of Shadows. She absorbed them all both absorbed them both into her body which essentially and this was at the nexus of the all which is this kind of like the strongest point of all magic and it was all there that this happened which heightens that and then she, she kind of became guardian of that nexus of all the earth's magic and then it gave, allowed her to look and peruse and see through it. it allowed her to access it so she could access all these this bevy of all these other powers um but then, but then she and then, just like Jean, who didn't know her own power, she thought she was just guardian. But then it turns out she actually, literally, was the Nexus at that point. So, you know, all these kind of doors become open, and she's like, "I can leave. I can do things. I can, you know, there's so many things. I can summon a demon from the past into this this world." Charisma Carpenter. Um, so, 
it's pretty pretty amazing. Another 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 common denominator right there. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm in love with you right now. I love that you can explain <laughs> that folks at home. I I want the people at home to know that we are not working with an episode outline. We literally because <laughs> I've been yeah. we're just talking. We literally were able to just hit record and start chatting about the similarities and common denominators with Brew and Gene, but I think Right. There, there's this outside force that kind of comes between them. And then much like Prue at the beginning of season 10, where she's keeping distance from her. Well, no, she's not keeping distance from her sisters. Her power is hurting the power three. Did I get that right? Right. So at this point, too, she believes she cannot leave. She has to stay at that nexus um, because she is somehow keeping it together. Um, so she's not allowed to leave. But even when she talks to her sisters on the phone, and every time she's in proximity to them, she starts to hurt them. And and we find out because she is actually somehow part of her is vying for the power of three that she lost, and she is slowly sucking the power from her sisters and killing them. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, but also like the idea of the Nexus and where she's at, can we can draw similarities to the White Hot Room, which is where Phoenixes go when they die, specifically Jean. White Hot Room is playing a major role in the X-Men books right now. But when Jean died at the end of Grant Morrison's new X-Men, she ascended into the White Hot Room. And it was sort of her space to work her magic, for lack of a better term, right here. So we, we do have these two very powerful characters who can reach out beyond space and 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 distance and be able to control the world Mm -hmm. not control the world but you know for lack of a better term influence you know the happenings around them yeah i love it (laughs) (laughs) oh um is there do you have anything else on your notes that you wanted to tackle um i said those two and then i just talked about like the dark phoenix and haramis how because we had like the phoenix and the nexus of the all which was parallels and then we had the dark phoenix and haramis which had parallels um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so and that we talked a little bit about that already but like because Hermes was an old one an ancient race of demons but because he was take hold of Prue and knew that she was this all-powerful person who was Nexus of the all he wanted to corrupt that and um kind of obliterate the world in his own image in a way <laughs> so <laughs> it's so crazy <laughs> these characters just the lasting impact of, of both of them on us and, and sort of how we inf- influence our personalities is just so incredibly uncanny, for lack of a better term as well. I, I'm it's curious. Uncanny. It's uncanny. Going back <laughs> to like the a, matter. I think of Parker Posey in Scream 3. Yes. <laughs> okay, wait. Wait, can I tell you something so embarrassing? I don't think I've ever talked about this. If, if people follow our or engage with our Instagram podcast, our Instagram page, excuse me, I was doing a video and I was like, I was in the meatpacking district by Chelsea Market. And I'm like, oh, oh. and there's Parker Posey. <laughs> and then I go back on my Insta story. And then I look back and I see that Parker Posey had seen me talk about her. So then I waited a few uh, feet and then I grabbed my phone again. I was like, oh my God, Familia, I'm so embarrassed. Parker posed me, Parker Posey saw me talking about her. And then I looked to my side and Parker Posey is right there. After, so that's twice that I embarrassed myself in front of Parker Posey. And bitch, I am friends with Charles Bush, who she is friends with, Charles Bush being the very famous drag performer, because I published you know, this book, Die Mommy Die. 
I was in a Charles Bush play in 2009. Really? I, I, no, was, I did not. I, I was Where? in Psycho Beach Party. You know, we published. So was Xander from, um, yes. from Buffy. Oh, yeah, we yes. talked about this. Yes, I, played yes. pro I played Provolone. I played Provolone. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah we published. So we published Psycho Beach Party and Die, Mommy, Die when I was working at Allison Books, which is yeah. the Out Magazine publishing arm. And that's how I got to know Charles Bush and his husband, Eric, who is a literary agent. And I had them over for dinner in Hoboken. How cool. I know. And Psycho Beach Party. Wait, there was someone else who's in Psycho Beach Party that... Um, no, no, not Psycho Beach Party and Die, Mommy, Die. It was Natasha Leon and... um, Oh, who else was in it that oh. I forgot? Wait, hang on. And I didn't know this. And it's, I was like, this is something I should have known. Um, and it's Jason Priestley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Know, a Shando connection right there. Everything is connected. It's I know. insane. I Everything it. is connected back to Shannon George. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Kevin, so where do we land on this? How much do we love these characters? Up. We love them like crazy, like past the past the meter, like <laughs> they are, access, past the white hot room. Yes, they are iconic. They are amazing. They are sentimental. We have so many feels, and it's just going to be one of those things that lasts forever because there's so much love. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Because you are the charmed guy. Okay. Do you think we'll ever get? An official charmed reunion. I know they've oh. talked about it. You know, they've said if you don't want to work with someone, they're green screens. God bless Holly Marie Combs for, for her trying. Yeah. Do you think that's ever gonna are we gonna see all four of them at one point in some iteration reunite? And you know, they they get this question all the time at conventions, and there's this one Twitter that always talks about like I please make, make a movie. I'm like, okay, you're a little delusional. You need to settle it, calm calm your tits a little bit. But <laughs> um, drag them. Drag them on the podcast, Kev. <laughs> I'm not gonna say their name, but they're on Twitter and they're a little too crazy. But um at a convention one time well, someone asked, Will there ever be a reunion? Would you would all four sisters ever be together? And Holly is just like, mm, I don't know. And then Rose Gown takes it, she's like, magic can happen. Magic can happen. <laughs> um, so I, so I think it's not. I mean, if the the studios, if the people have the rights, if Paramount, if CBS um, decides to want to make a reunion, I think they'll all be willing to come back. They'd all be willing to do something or work separate days or put something aside to make it happen. I think they would be interested, but it's because it's not in their hands. They don't have the rights to just pick it up and go. Yeah. Um, we just have to get those studios. And tell them that it's a moneymaker and make them believe it. <laughs> I agree it's a moneymaker. I don't know if it's, to be very frank with you, I don't know if I would say, like, green light a, you know, two-season story. But no. do I think... Do a like movie. A, a movie, a 45-minute yeah. Netflix original. Yeah. And Holly Marie Combs said this in that Live with Rose where she has spoken with people on Netflix. And yeah. she, she knows people who, who want something like that. I would... I think something that you can tie together, and by the way, and in, in to end on this note, Rue, in that episode of her podcast where she's talking to Holly, in her head, she envisions, where's Prue now? Prue is like the boss of the elders, which is not <laughs> unlike Phoenix of the White Crown with Jean, where it's like they ascend to a higher level of being because they are characters that are highly motivated to do well. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's she, it. I mean, it'd be really cool if she's just like, because we also learned because the elders, 
There's a whole thing here. Okay. The, uh, the elders of the upper regions, the up there's yeah. isn't technically where ghosts are, where spirits are, but they are there's like a link. There's like another building, like a bridge that goes to the spirit world. So they're all they're all in the upper regions, but the elders don't always they have a they have a kind of communications between the two, but they're not necessarily in the same place. Just like a subsect of the same place. <laughs> I I could hear you talk all day about <laughs> Charmed. I love your podcast. I love you. I love your energy. Hydrothermal. You're my favorite human on the face of the earth. You're my favorite <laughs> human in the Nexus. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and in the White Hot Room. White Hot Room. <laughs> the White Hot Room. What's going on? Tell me about some cosplays or projects <gasps> you have coming up. Okay. Um, well, I am working on a charmed musical, a radio musical for the podcast. I know, I can't wait. It is so exciting. You have such a beautiful voice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna have one song. I'm I'm playing a character in it, an original character in it. Um, I know I have one song, but I think that'll be it because I want to have. Who's the original? Spoilers? Are we allowed to ask? You can talk about stuff. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Who is uh, who's the character you're playing? His name. His name. Bear Sendius. He's actually, I actually have a, in my book of shadows. I have a picture of it. Get, get that fucking book of shadows and show it here. We'll, we'll edit this part out. <laughs> we'll edit. We'll, we'll, we'll make the edit for it. <laughs> so, all right. Let me find my page. Get the trick punch. Oh right. my God. Look at that. I'm going to steal that from you. <laughs> it's yeah. It's so good. I'm going to find where you live and I'm going to steal that. <laughs> so here is Mercedes. Me. Oh my god. Well, I've seen that before. I've seen yeah. that art before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I love that you have it there. Wait, let me see. I, I can't. It's kind of it's not that I can't see, it's just a little bit blurry. A neutral being possessing oh. the powers of um raw. I can't see that word right there. Fire and water magic. Oh my god. I love that. <laughs> that is um, you. There's more, yeah. but I couldn't see it because of yeah. the zoom screen. Yeah. Um so I decided because I had them in there, I'm like, I'm gonna put yeah. him in, in my musical. He's kind of an antagonist in the musical. <laughs> okay. Um, I love that you but... have retroactively added yourself into the charmed canon on a fan <laughs> podcast via a musical. I mean, that is <laughs> levels of nerd shit. Levels really of nerd is. shit. It really is. Um, but I'm really happy with it. I'm having my friend Aaron compose the music and he's writing all the songs. I'm writing the script and we're just talking together and working together. And then we're going to cast it. We're going to have a people audition. We're going to cast it and then, you know, produce a musical episode. If you just need an idiot who cannot sing, please let me know. Well, I will be there. If someone just needs a... to say something, if someone just yeah. needs to say, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, no, I have. Yes. <laughs> oh <laughs> I'm auditioning now. Don't take this moment away no, from me. From def- no, definitely. Definitely audition. We're going to have a list of singing kit roles and non-singing roles um, that people can have. Um, I will audition. So, I will audition. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you going to Megacon? Megacon. That's the one in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, and that's in February. No. <laughs> Are you going to WonderCon? That I think I am. Oh, really? I think I'm working on it right now. I think I'm going to be on um uh a panel there. I think it'll be on uh what's his face? Uh I can't remember his name now. But <laughs> I'm going I think we I think we're going to be on a panel. Okay. There. 
Um, so I'm just trying to work out what the my part, travel days yeah. will be. Cool. Yeah. Charm panel, cosplay panel. It's gonna. I think it's. Well, bear with. <laughs> we we can edit this part out. We can yeah. edit this part yeah. out. We can edit this part out. I want. I because I need to know. I can't believe I'm blanking on this stuff right now. But <laughs> I blank out on everything. Yeah. All right. I'm finding it. I'm finding it. <laughs> okay. So okay, Julian Jetson. You know him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Wait, let's take that from the top because I like Julian. Yeah. All yeah. right, so I'll go again. So you, we, you just said no to MegaCon. So I'm going to take it from the top. Okay. Okay. Okay, but what about WonderCon? Are you going to be at WonderCon? Yeah, I think I might actually. Yeah. I'm, working out the, I'm working out the details. Stop it. No. Stop it. <laughs> okay, um, wait. Why? What are you going to be doing at, at, at WonderCon? Well, uh, first of all, <laughs> I was just going to go because, you know, girl with a great smile. Oh, yeah, Jordan. Good. I'm recording yes. with her tomorrow night. Perfect. We love her. Um, she asked me because we met at um LA Comic Con a few years ago. We were a cosplay. Oh, they're gonna be together. like this last year. I was like, I was at LA Comic Con no. this year and I didn't see you there. No, it was the I think it was 2019, 2020, 2021. I don't know. It was in the midst of COVID. We had to wear masks and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we met there, we really bonded, it was really great, we had a good time. And she asked if I was coming to WonderCon. I was like, you know, maybe I can because she's like, you can room with me. It'd be great. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then Julian Jetson asked if I, love I Julian would. So much. Yeah, he's like, if, asked if I want to be on his panel, and then I he can give me a pass and all that stuff. So okay, really easy. So it's pretty much a done deal. <laughs> Good. Well, we're gonna be there at WonderCon. Michelle, you know, our co-host on the podcast, Scott Free. Latvian lad, we're all going to be at WonderCon. We're oh, so that. excited. Yes. And we got to get Michelle on um, Solving for X, too. I've been trying to work it out with her. So hopefully in 97, we'll have her on. Oh, uh, my God. I love it. <laughs> we're we're also going to be covering X-Men 97. So we should chat off screen about oh, overlapping. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. We should do some crossover episodes. For sure. I think it's going to be so good. I love you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time tonight to talk about our God Queen and this was our everything. Wicked Wonder. I know. I, literally, we just hit record, and here we are, like <laughs> an hour plus later. I know. Isn't that insane? I mean, I knew we would have stuff to talk about, but it's, it's amazing. Well, it's I think so much you, fun. <laughs> well, I think you're such a special person. You are truly one of those people out there that just brings joy in every situation you're in. Oh, yay. I think, <laughs> I think that's... I like that. Yeah. Optimistic-y. Optimisticity. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> Bitch, where can people find you online? <laughs> Plug everything. Yes, uh, you can follow my personal Instagram, because that's where I mostly hang out is Instagram. Uh, K-J-E-E-Z-Y-8-7. The year I was born. By a rabbit in Chinese Zodiac. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then you can follow my podcast pages... Words of the Witches, all one word, or the Solving for X one's a little complicated. It's Solving for X dot X Men dot T A S. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and if you want to follow the Hanging with the Hallowells one, that's there too. Hanging with the Hallowells Instagram, and yeah, all the stuff is there. <laughs> we are obsessed. Familia, please go check out. Kevin on all his social media platforms and all of his podcasts. He is such an incredible soul. 